Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Thanks for listening to the Aquademia Podcast. I'm your host, Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today, guys, I think we need to just take some time and do a quick little shout out highlight to some of our awesome listeners that we have because we've gotten some interactions, some reviews, some questions come in that I think is worthy for everyone to hear. So we'll start off with a few questions that have come into us and then we'll pat ourselves on the back and toot our own horns a little bit by reading some of these reviews because they were all five-star reviews. So that's a good record. That's right. So Maddie, you got some of the questions that we... Yes, that we I got sure from, do. From listeners, so let's kind of just go through see what what's on people's minds. We asked we we asked people kind of what what are just some questions that you have when it comes to seafood, just in general. All right, so our first question is from Tom S, and he asks, "What is the best way to verify if your local seafood is actually harvested sustainably?" Well, Tom, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would when it when it comes to finding out and knowing for sure if it's if your seafood is a if it's local <laughs> and b if it is sustainably harvested or grown or whatever. I think the first place to go is eco labels. We just had an episode on that. Maddie, you can elaborate on that if you want, because um, she's our eco label, you know, guru <laughs> over here. <laughs> I don't know about she, guru. She knows a lot more about eco labels than we do. But if you know if there's no eco labels or something, and you're buying just down at the fish market, or if it is truly local and you're buying it from you know somewhere near your house, I think the best way to do it is just ask, right? Yeah, definitely. If you are buying it from like a fish market or something, then ask the people you're buying it from if how they grow their fish or how they catch their fish, and if they can speak to their sustainability practices and then if they are completely caught off guard then it's likely that it probably wasn't sustainable (laughs) yeah i think if you you know we're all humans mostly most of us and you can tell by talking to someone if they're trustworthy or not and you you need to judge for yourself you ask someone hey how how did you catch these and they're like kind of being shady and they're like oh you know i just go out and catch them you don't need to know my methods then maybe that's a little (laughs) you know a little red flag there but uh, you know use your best judgment i think buying local is always a good choice but Mm -hmm. but for those that live far away from water sources and their only option may be to go to the supermarket and buy their fish then look for eco labels yeah look for those look for those labels for sure yeah if you're in your grocery store in the frozen section if you look for eco labels like ASC certified, BAP certified, MSC certified, those are the best way to go for sure. And we'll have those linked in the show notes so you can look those up for yourself. Sweet. And if you're not sure, listen to our eco labels episode. All right, next question. Yeah, what else you got? Rapid fire here. All right, the next question is from Erica J, and she asks, "I'd like to know how to find local sources of high quality, sustainably sourced, wild caught seafood." And then there's a second part. I would also like to know if there are farming techniques that are healthy and sustainable. And if so, how to find that seafood? Yeah, you Questions, right. Erica. Yeah, those are great questions. And I think it's similar to the first question that we had of, you know, you kind of need to use your best judgment. But first thing to look for is those those eco labels and knowing, you know, a little bit about 
I think, you know, the, this is the fact that we've gotten two questions in a row that are very similar like this just shows the need for this type of education and what people want to know yep. to make them more comfortable eating seafood. So, you know, it's, it's, I would say the same thing. Look for labels that say it's been certified by some third party organization as sustainable and fresh and safe and talk to the person at the fish counter. Hopefully they're pretty well uh, learned up on some of the sources of where the seafood's coming from and stuff like that. I think that's a good good way to, to start as well. And then as far as farming techniques that are healthy and sustainable, it's, you know, this is a big topic right now and it kind of has been for a while with different ways of farming fish. They all have their ups and downs. RAS, which stands for recirculating aquaculture systems, is a new not too new, but it's, you know, it's something that is growing because it's all, it seems very sustainable because it's all indoors and you have complete control over the water and everything. And there's very little waste. The problem with that is it's very expensive and cost prohibitive sometimes. And there's a lot of energy usage. So there's kind of a give and take with that as well. So um, we actually have a video about the different types of farming techniques and fishing techniques that are used to catch your fish on our YouTube page, the Global Aquaculture Alliance YouTube page. And Maddie can link to that when she writes, writes up the show notes as well. Um, so you can look at the different types of ways that fish are farmed and harvested. Yeah. We didn't go over exactly which ones were sustainable. They are just at the time of the creation of the video, we talked about the fishing methods, whether it's wild or farmed. Um, so yeah, t take a look at that in the show notes. Yeah. I'm sorry if that doesn't really answer your questions. It's just each one of these different ways of farming has its good things and its bad things. And depending on the farm itself, the, you know, if they're doing things right, then it's going to be more sustainable than someone who's doing things wrong. It does not necessarily the technique of it. It's really their practices. Yeah. But you should, a good start in order to get that feel good sense when you're buying your seafood is to look for equal labels. Yeah. All right. I'm going to move on to Tim H who asks... Is it okay to eat that green poop stuff in the lobster tail? <laughs> Great this, question. I, this, is, I, this is the question that everyone has when they're eating lobster, I feel like, and no one wants to ask. So thanks, Tim, for being the one to, to bring that up. But we can correct him first by saying that that is not lobster poop. It's not one. poop, but it is in a, a way, it is it is related to the waste. So yes. the, the green stuff when you get a lobster is, is called the tamale. And it is basically part of the digestive system of the lobsters. And it's like, it acts basically as the liver and pancreas. So Correct. it will kind of remove the toxins that are coming out of that animal's body. So I don't eat it. Uh, so I did a couple of little searches on the internet because I didn't, I don't eat it because I just look at it and just go, why do I want to eat that? Yeah. <laughs> but people do eat it actually. Yeah. It is not, it's not going to kill you to eat it. It's well, Okay. So but I think it taints the taste of the there, lobster and that's my issue. There have been some incidences with paralytic shellfish poisoning, which can be an issue in bivalves, clams, oysters, mussels, stuff like that. But I think for the most part, it's it's not going to kill you, but it does. It is part of, you know, it's it's the waste. <laughs> so just, you know, use your own judgment. A lot of people do eat it. I think if there's if you can think of anything in this world that is absolutely disgusting to you and you say, I would never eat that in a million years, then somewhere in the world, they consider it a delicacy. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, it's okay to eat it. I don't do it. It's up to you. Um, yep. if you get paralytic shellfish poisoning, please don't blame me. I warned you, but I don't <laughs> think that's, I think that's a pretty rare thing because when that's, when those biotoxins are present in the water, they put bans on, on harvesting pretty quickly. 
they test that pretty much daily. So I wouldn't worry about that, but just know that enjoy it if you like it, but eat it. You're on scrape risk. it off. If you don't. Yeah. I, I, I scrape it off. I don't like it, yeah, but that's, me that's me. Yeah. All right. The next question is from Andrew L and he asks what actual lakes and rivers are good to eat out out of in my area yeah he says here that he's had a few bad experiences i i'd love to hear what his experiences <laughs> were um i hope you didn't get too sick andrew maybe you tried to eat a zebra mussel yeah <laughs> yeah I don't, don't eat those so we my recommendation is to just do a google search of your area and just say you know safe lakes to eat fish from i mean literally it's that easy just look it up i'm sure there's resources out there uh, that tell you where you should and should not be eating fish from. If you've had bad experiences, then don't go back to that place. I would yeah. recommend. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And there are definitely lakes that have high pollutants and that should be public knowledge. And if you can't find that online, call your local, what would you say? Yeah, fishing uh, game fish and or, game. you know, whatever regulatory bodies there are that, that maintain that kind of stuff. Yep. For sure. And make sure to buy a fishing license. Do not fish illegally. Yes, <laughs> please. Okay, the next question is by Catherine W. And she wrote a fairly lengthy paragraph here. I'm going to try to summarize as best I can. And I apologize if I miss out something that was important. But it sounds like she had a bad experience when she bought some scallops. I literally bought them at the grocery store. And I went to cut them up the next day and wrap them in bacon. And they had a fishy smell. Not super strong, but noticeable. I rinsed them off and they were totally fine. After that, no bad experiences. Everything was fine. I guess my question... Okay. is what's the best way to tell if fish slash seafood went bad? Is it a sniff test? Is it its color? Finding out the hard way? How does someone know if they should not eat? And there are some clear examples, like for mussels example, but in this case, well, let's we'll start with scallops. How do we know that our scallops um, are bad? Well, I think with a lot of seafood, the, a sniff test is a good place to start. Yep. I know they do, uh, in processing plants, they're, they're, they do extensive training on sniff tests. We actually just had a- There's employee. a position at those called the sniff tester. Yeah. <laughs> they, we just had an employee that went down there and got trained on sniff testing and they he had to smell pieces of shrimp in various- stages of decomposition so they can get an idea of what it looks like and what it smells like. And obviously the regular consumer is not going to have that training, but I think if you get something and it smells pretty rank, fishy smell maybe is not necessarily an indicator because it is, it is fish. I mean, it's going to smell like what it is, but if it's really, really strong uh, in comparison to what you're used to, then maybe it's something to look at. I think washing your seafood was a good idea. Yeah. I generally buy frozen seafood, so I know that it's really fresh. But when I do buy fresh seafood, you know, I try to eat it within that day, uh, either that night or the next day like Catherine did. And you could ask, so I live on the coast in Maine, and so there's a lot of local fish markets outside of the supermarket. And so I can buy fresh seafood. And generally, if there's a new, if I'm trying something new, I will say, you know, how long, what's the best way to store this? How long do I have before I have to cook it before it should go bad. Right. And they are experts and they will tell me exactly how long this is what to look for. And they'll give me all that knowledge. But typically if I'm going to a fresh fish market to buy fish, it's because I'm eating it that day. Exactly. Yeah. I think best, I mean, when it comes down to it, if you're buying fish, if 
you look at it and you smell it, you don't like the way it looks, you don't like the way it smells, it just seems off. Then, or even I mean, touch if it's slimy. Yeah, use your best judgment. If you're not comfortable cooking and eating it, don't cook and eat it. But, you know, again, this is another place where the internet is a fantastic resource. Just look it up and say, hey, what, you know, how do I know when my whatever filet has gone bad? How do I know when my muscles have gone bad? If yeah. you're buying, for example, if you buy muscles and before you wash them off and you start cooking them, you want to re- remove any that are already opened because those ones are dead. Yeah. So get rid of those ones. And if they're still closed, then they're still alive. And those are the ones that you want to cook. So, you know, there's a lot of little tips and tricks like that that you can find online. And you learn as you go. And I know we're trying to keep this episode quick, but mussels is a perfect example because you can visually, if you're buying those fresh, they're usually in like a see-through mesh bag. Yep. And you can see if you pick up the bag at the seafood counter and half of those mussels or clams are open, they're bad. And one, you should tell the counter staff to remove these and yep. you should not be, they should not be selling them to some other unknowledgeable person who's trying to buy seafood and just, you know, yeah. but that's experience. If you didn't know that you, some people might just throw them and bring them home and be like, Oh, I'm never having seafood again. Cause I had a bad right. batch. So yeah, I would just say, use your best judgment. The human body was, has evolved to identify when something is not going to bode well for them to eat. <laughs> so, um, you know, if, if you smell something and you look at something, you feel something and it just doesn't seem right and you're not sure about it, then I'd, I'd go with your gut, but read up, ask people and okay. enjoy seafood. And our last question for today is going to be from Elizabeth M. And she asks, where do you buy fish locally? I buy fish from the grocery store. I just go Market Basket, Giant, whatever your local grocery store is. What is it? Food Lion, Hannaford. Food Lion? I've never heard of that. That's uh, down south. <laughs> oh. Maybe not down south, but like south for us because <laughs> we're pretty far north. <laughs> no, there's a, just, you know, your local grocery store is, is likely to have a seafood section that is has frozen fish. I, like I said, I tend to buy frozen fish because I know that it's super duper fresh and I trust the, the companies that process them because I look for eco labels. Ding, ding, ding. But yeah, I mean, I don't have a fish market near me. I don't have a local dock near me. I'm inland. So I just go to a grocery store. I, I'm completely happy with that fish. I'm confident in its And I think for the majority of our listeners that don't have the luxury of having fish markets nearby, the grocery store is a perfect op- option as long as you know what you're looking for. So I'm same as Sean, grocery store, fish markets, because I have a bunch of those near where I live. But also restaurants. Restaurants I typically trust, and it's a perfect way for me to go and try something new because I am holding faith that the chefs and cooks know that they're not cooking with bad fish. It feels it, like less of an investment. Yeah, when you do yeah, it at a, at a correct. restaurant, mm-hmm. and it's a good way to try something new with the comfort knowing that you're you know you're not going to get paralytic shellfish poisoning. Yes, I don't want that. Uh, <laughs> and then if it's something you like, then you can learn a little bit more about it and then create it at home. So it's a good way to experiment is restaurants for me. Yeah. As far as buying local fish, that can be tougher. A lot of times if a restaurant or a small grocery chain or grocery store is selling local fish, they usually make a big deal out of it. It's usually on the menu or there's signage talking about it. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, this, you know, harvested, you know, we live in just north of Boston, harvested off the docks in Gloucester. They'll promote that so you know that it's local because people like to buy local food. So um, you know, if you go into a restaurant and you might see on the menu, that this trout was raised in Idaho, but then we also have this main caught lobster and this is local. And so you, if you want to buy something from your local area, usually you can find that advertised somewhere. And it's good to match it with a local beer. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> or two. 
All right, so that is it for our questions today. So now we're going to just give a shout out to some of our awesome listeners that have left us reviews on the platform they listen on. So iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Yeah, we got a couple emails. I want to do this just kind of rapid fire. Yeah. Let's go around the table. These were all five-star reviews. So thank you so much. And then we're going to give a little plug for you guys to give more of these in the future because that's what helps us spread the word about the show. So, Maddie, you want to start? And we'll just go. All right. So this one is from Vicky M. Informative and fun. This podcast has great life tips, easy to follow topics, and really great engaging hosts. It's a great resource for learning about so many different aspects of seafood, whether it be the environment, cooking and shopping, sustainability, and lots more. Thank you, Vicky. That's so kind. Thanks, Vicky. So this was an email that we got from Susan B. about eco-labels. She said, thanks for your recent podcast on eco-labels. Stores are on this bandwagon too, as you can see from a recent store ad. And she actually sent us a picture of the ad from the grocery store. For the average customer, comparison of these labels in an ad like this does not lead to a clear choice. I guess there are many competing sources of quality seafood that we now have available in our supermarkets. So keep up the good work and important information you provide on your podcast. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Next is Jim O. His title is Intelligent and Entertaining. That's what we're going for. Mm -hmm. So he says, this is my new go-to podcast. The hosts are on point and very easy to listen to. The content and guests are relevant and very informative. Bright, engaging, and concise. It's always a good listen, and I learn something from every episode, and I'm always excited for the next episode to be released. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jim. All right. Next one is from Cedra, informative yet entertaining. There's so much information out there about seafood, it's hard to understand it all. We totally agree, and that's why we made this podcast. These guys did a great job of making it easy to listen and fun to learn. I binged them all. Can't wait for more episodes. Thank you. I like to think we made a pretty binge-worthy show so far. Yeah, we've actually <laughs> so. topped Game of Thrones for binge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're now Emmy-nominated, yeah, the yeah, first yeah, podcast yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game of what? Sorry? Yeah. Um, all right, well, next. that's okay. I will gladly go on stage with Daenerys. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. All right. Next question is from Matt DP. Hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, she is listening. Oh, uh, yeah. Next review is from Matt DP, uh, titled Outstanding Podcast. Relevant, current, and informational. Great podcast for the aquaculture enthusiast, but also great for beginner looking to more learn more about the subject. Thank you, Matt. All right. Moving on. Ellen R. Her title is Interesting, Easy Listen. My doctor recommended that I eat more seafood, but I didn't want to start without doing some research. I stumbled on this show and really enjoyed it. It's cool to learn about where the seafood comes from and how to make sure it's environmentally friendly. I like that episodes are shorter too. Thank you, Ellen, for that input. Appreciate it. Sorry we've had some long episodes lately. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. This was supposed to be five minutes. Yep. (laughs) Next one is from Aled Balloon. I hope I pronounced that. (laughs) <laughs> come me, on, come on. It, oh my god. This one took me a long time too. I can't believe you read it. We I didn't get it. We were really <laughs> Oh my god. Maddie, I gotta tell you, this is really funny because when this one came in, I I was reading it and I'm like, oh we going for and I didn't even see the last name at first. I was just trying to get past the first name. I was like Alid? Ailed? Aled? And Justin just goes, a lead balloon. And I was like Oh. It says he's from the UK, so I don't know. It might be a British kind of name. Sorry. Well, Led Zeppelin did come from the UK, and (laughs) someone from The Who did say that they were going to 
sink like a lead balloon. So they called themselves Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin. Oh my god. And they gosh. did not sink like a lead balloon because I think they're probably top three greatest rock and roll band of all time. That's an interesting so, fact. So Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, if you're listening, stop by our office. And, uh, <laughs> We'd love we to we talk know about this seafood. is from you. Yeah, talk about seafood <laughs> and Stairway to Heaven. All right. So this is from a lead balloon, not to be confused with a helium balloon. Or Led Zeppelin. Aquademia comes across as both chatty and informative. I particularly liked the first episode in the Innovation series, which neatly summarized the importance of omega-3 fish and algae oils in a healthy diet. I listened to a lot of podcasts, and Aquademia would appeal to people, particularly foodies and seafoodies, who want to understand sustainability issues as well as be entertained. Great addition to my library. We Okay, we got two more. All right, this one is from Lily 13 Seafood is super. I've been loving this podcast. It's a great way to learn all about responsible seafood in a simple and fun way, and now my kids think fish are fun. Looking forward to more episodes. People from all walks of life can benefit from listening. Thank you, Pond Lily 13 I love that. I'm so glad that your kids like fish now. All right, moving on. The next one is by Queen Bee. Uh, worth a listen. The listener-friendly podcast in this series offer more than sound bites related to aquaculture. The smart, funny, and engaging presenters provide definitions, explain why aquaculture matters, and in some cases offer real examples of things we can all do to make a positive impact on our environment. In parentheses, my plastic usage has decreased dramatically. We share responsibility to consider the future of our food sources and the significant role aquaculture plays. This series makes that feel more accessible to each of us. Definitely worth the download and listen. That's awesome. So, Queen Bee, thank you so much. Thank and you, Queen Bee. Big shout out to all of our listeners. There were some more reviews and, and questions that we didn't get to, but you know we, we'll have more episodes of this where we give some shout outs. So thank you to all of our listeners. If you want to hear your name on the podcast, you can write us a review on iTunes. Please write us a five-star review. The more reviews we get, written reviews, you have to actually write something, but the more of those that we get, the more eyeballs our show will get in front of as people are searching and browsing the Apple Podcast app. And I, I want to add too that we are a seafood podcast and I know a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff that we talk about in regards to aquaculture, but we are talking about our wild stock too. And we're, it's the general overview of, of seafood, all things that are That's sustainable. True. We want to increase consumption for seafood. So if, don't feel that if you, if it's not, if it's a non-aquaculture related seafood question, we want to hear those too. Yeah, we it's easy for us to fall into starting to talk about aquaculture because A, I studied aquaculture in college, so it's kind of like my background. But, you know, the company that we work for is primarily an aquaculture advocacy group. So we talk about aquaculture day in and day out. But we want people to eat more seafood, whether it's wild caught or, or aquacultured. So I think we're going to try to focus a little bit more on getting some more wild caught information out there because, um, you know, that's just as important. So Absolutely. So um, thank you for bringing that up, Justin. And if you don't have iTunes or you don't have an iTunes account or you don't have an iPhone and you want to write us a review, email us at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. And you can also leave a review on some other podcast apps like Stitcher. And I don't know if you can do it on Overcast. I know you can do it on Stitcher, but iTunes is the big one. So if you do have iTunes, please leave us a review and we'll be sure to read it on, on the show. Or give us a call. Yep. You can, this is- uh, Who are you going to call? Yeah. You're going to call Aquademia. This is something cool that uh, we haven't 
we haven't released any of these on the show yet, but if you want to call in and leave us a message or ask a question in person, you can call us at 1-603-384-3560. It's just going to take you straight to a voicemail line. Just leave your message, ask your question, leave a comment, a review, whatever. Make sure you leave your name and where you're calling from, and we'll be happy to play that on the show because we love to highlight our awesome listeners. Absolutely. So... This was a fun episode. Next week, we're going to be doing another Seafood Innovations episode talking about kelp farming in Alaska. So that's going to be pretty cool. That interview was actually done at Seafood Expo North America as well, just like our last um, Seafood Innovations episode. So get excited. It's going to be cool. I hope you guys enjoyed this little listener highlight. And lastly, if you're not a member of GAA and you don't get those benefits, make sure you go to www.aquaculturealliance.org slash membership and sign up to become a member because you get all kinds of cool stuff networking opportunities we have our own social media platform for members yeah. called my, my GAA. GAA and it's basically anyone that's a member can go on there you get your own profile you can network with other people there's job postings there's events yeah there's all kinds of events there's forums and discussion boards and all kinds of stuff it's really cool uh, you also get access to some exclusive audio and video content and all kinds of other good stuff so make sure you go check that out Thanks again for listening. We hope to hear from you guys soon. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. Thank you for talking about seafood, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.